Tonight we want to look at, as we've been talking the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Bible, not just, you know, just how God's, first of all, we looked at how God's Bible is a love letter to us. Tonight we want to look at how the Bible is an invitation. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you ever gotten an invitation for a party growing up, right? Because nowadays, you know, it ain't really no, you get them evites. You don't really get an invitation. How many of you get a, 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 paper, a paper invitation? Them primary school invitation. Or, you know, you know the invitation I used to like? Back in the day? All right, put it on now, right? The invitation I used to like back in the day was, or during Valentine's Day, right? You used to get these, these cards and everything, and they used to say, would you be my Valentine, right? How many of y'all ever got one of them cards? All right? What? My boy said, yeah, I know about them cards, right? Right? Would you be my Valentine, right? Would you be, right? That's an that's a invitation. Now, now, on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, how does it feel to be the person not to get an invitation? All right. I said, you feel sorry for them, but how does it feel at the person to not get invited. How many of you ever, all your friends were invited to something and you wasn't invited? All right. How did that make you feel, Asha? All right, big salty, right? It didn't feel good, right? But tonight we want to look at how we can look at God's Word. And like I said, we looked at how God's Word is a love letter. We looked at how God's Word is a guide. And tonight we want to look at God's Word being an invitation. All right? An invitation that we need to understand that God himself has given us. Now, God's word is also a story, right? When we look at God's word, who is it telling us about? Jesus, right? It tells us about the life of Jesus Christ, right? And if we have your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 17, verse 3, all right? And this is what it says. And this is the key that, this is Jesus himself. Let me, tell you, let me tell you, this is Jesus praying, all right? This is what they call a high priestly prayer. And Jesus praying to the Father. This is right before the crucifixion. And he wants them to understand, look, I'm going through a trouble. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through tough times. We need to understand something, right? Jesus, even though he was God the Son, do you think he was looking forward to the crucifixion? Didn't he, what did Jesus say himself? If this cup can pass, let it pass, right? It was a difficult time for him. It was hard. But he understood that, God, if you want this, if this is your will, let your will be done and not my will. This is what John 17, 3 says. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life. What is eternal life? Having more abundantly. Okay, that's a good, good Bible answer. But what is eternal life? If I ask you, what is eternal life, what would you tell me? Everlasting life. Again, that's another segment. What is it? Why would I want eternal life? Why would I want everlasting life? I want to say God come. Okay, anyone else? Why would I want eternal life? Huh? To live long. Okay. So I could die at some point then. Asha, what would you say? So I'm torturing in hell. All right. Anyone else? One more answer. These are good answers. I just want to know. Huh? 
Yeah. This, this is a, this, listen, this is the answer that we need to know. Because reality is, is this. This is the simple thing. That's what, this is what it says. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That you know God and you recognize that, hey, I have everlasting life, someone said. But what does that really mean? That means that I will, I will die physically at one point, but I will live forever with Christ, worship Him in Him forever. Someone said that I will not be tortured for the rest of my life. And that is the difference between eternal life and eternal separation from God forever. What do you want? I want eternal life. I have eternal life. What do you have? Do you have eternal life or do you have eternal punishment? Because that's what it is. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. He took on the wrath of God for me and for you. That's what he did. He took on that punishment. Let me add a question. How many of you would like if somebody took, when you know you was in trouble, and took the beating for you? All right, all right. let me, let me rephrase that because sometimes, you know, we, we got to be careful in today's society when we say that. If you, if you were to get punished by your parents for staying out late or doing something else, but your brother comes along and says to you, or sister, or friend, whoever it be, say, I'll take your punishment for you. How many of you would like that? All right, we all should like that, right? I would want someone to take punishment for me. But the question is this. Somebody did that for you. What are you doing? Are you playing games with God? Are you saying, well, you know, I come to youth group, I come to church, I hear these messages. What is this doing for you? Jesus here is praying. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. That you know my Father, the only true God. You see, we have so many, and that's why it's so very key, because in our lives today, we have many gods. Those phones that we have are gods. Basketball sometimes is a god. Actors, athletes, celebrities, they are gods sometimes to us. You know what a god is? The most important thing in your life. And that's why we need to make sure that we have the only true God. That's eternal life. Again, as we consider this is an invitation, do you want to know God? Do you want to know who He is? Do you want to have this everlasting life? We got one more part of the scripture to look at. John 20, 20, 30, and 31. Now, when we consider God's, Jesus' life, right? Jesus did many miracles, right? Many things, right? We have them listed in the Bible, right? He did many incredible things. But guess what? As we're going to see. Not everything is recorded what Jesus did. This is what it said in John 20, 30. It said, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. Now, when I read this book, I read some incredible things Jesus did. But guess what? That ain't all he did. He did even more. 
Think about it. How many of you came here hungry? Let's be honest. How many of y'all are hungry? Anyone was hungry tonight? All right. Y'all like that Chinese food, that hungry, you know? There were people in Jesus' day. Listen. There are people in Jesus' day who were just following him because they was hungry. They was hungry. They wanted to see what Jesus could do. You see, when we consider what Jesus did, right? You know, we use, that, we use the example of, of a little boy, right? One boy, what, how many, how many loaves of fish? I mean, how many loaves of bread? How many fishes? One little bag lunch, right? Made an incredible difference, right? You know what that tells me? That tells me this. You know, look at all of us. We got very little love for God, but He could do incredible things with us. He could do incredible things with you. He could do incredible things with me. But Jesus did many great things. And as much as I read God's Word and I see the different miracles and Christ died, I said, there was more that He did that they didn't write in the book. You know why? Because what more do we need? We already see enough. If you don't believe or what you already saw, you'll never believe. Verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. It sums it up. It's amazing to know that this is just a small portion of what Jesus Christ did. And guess what? He did even more things, but guess what? The reason He did is because you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Not a Christ, but the Christ. One little word that makes a big difference. The Christ. The Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in His name. So, I go back to the beginning of where we started off. What does it mean now relating to Jesus Christ? It means believing in Him. What does it mean to believe in something? Put your hope in. How many of you ever put your hope in someone and they let you down? All right? But guess what? Guess what? If you put your hope in Christ, He's not going to let you down. He's going to be with you. He's going to walk you through life. But we've got to be willing to deny ourselves. We've got to be willing to say, you know what? I believe in the Christ. The Christ. Jesus Christ. So, when you think of your life, when you think of this invitation, you know, we talk about being invited to a party. We're invited in a relationship with Jesus Christ. What a better life. No better life than that. But you know what's sad about a lot of you here tonight? Is you'd rather live your life and you come here every week and you hear the truth of God's Word and you know the difference, but you'd rather live your life for yourself. And you're living a wasted life. That's all you're doing. You're going through life and you know what? You're just wasting time. And you know what? Some of you guys in this room, and ladies, you have so much potential. And God wants to use that potential. 
I look at some of you in this room, and you know what I see? I see born leaders. But guess what? Y'all ain't showing it. Y'all letting yourself lead in the wrong direction. Why not be a difference? Why not say, Christ, God, Jesus, I give you my life. You have given me this invitation. I want to accept that invitation. We're going to watch a, a video. Some of you have maybe seen this before. But it's going to tell us who God is and how great and awesome God truly is. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. So, 
The question is, as we consider, you know, that guy gets excited about describing Jesus and, and how, you know, he is sovereign, he's in control, you know, we look at all these things. And the last point to me is this, death could not hold him. Death could not hold him in that grave. Because the love that Jesus Christ had for you and me. What are you going to do with the invitation? Are you going to accept it? Are you going to take it? Or are you just going to live life how you've always lived life? I challenge you tonight, if you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, will you talk to one of us? So that we could talk more about that. You know, that's why it's so, you know, as I ask you that question, do you, if someone asks you, how do I get eternal life? Can you answer that question? And the majority of you know, we, we still don't have an answer. But we know that answer because this is how we know. When we say we could give our lives over to Christ. And that He lives through us. And not us anymore. You know, the Bible talks about, I am crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. i got to be different. I can't live my life the same way as I lived before. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it is. And thank you, Father, that even in the words, we have a snapshot of your life. Father, we know that it's sufficient for us to know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That you are a Savior that loved us so much that you came and died. You took the wrath of God on the cross for our sins. Not your sin, because you didn't sin. But for our sins, the wickedest people. How wicked. Father, we think of the wicked things that we do every day. You've forgiven us of it. And Father, I pray for those tonight who don't know your person, say they will come to know you. That they would recognize their need to know you. Father, I pray you continue to be honored in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.